Welcome to the Empower Your Team podcast series with your host, Chloe Caron, founder and president of O2 Coaching. In this podcast series, Chloe and her guests will take you on a journey, sharing their leadership stories, struggles, successes, and learnings. The conversations will highlight practical advice and insights for leaders. Hello, I'm Chloe Caron. Welcome to my podcast, Empower Your Team, Season 2, Episode number 3. Today, we talk to Cal Tabak, Managing Director of McCarthy Tetro, about diversity. And we're not going to talk about the politics of it. We're not going to talk about the quotas the organizations have around diversity. We are going to talk about diversity and how it can help you as a leader and organization empower your team. How, by different backgrounds, different race, different uh, gender, different opinions, different experiences and competencies, it can actually help your team go further in a more empowering way. Yet, there are some challenges to lead a team so diverse. Perhaps some of you might say it might be easier to manage a team that is a bit more <laughs> on the same scale, on the same format, less conflicts, less uh, conversations and different opinions. And yet, as you will see, that's not the opinion of Caltabac. Have a listen and I'll find you right after. Brenak, welcome to Empower Your Team Movement Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us. Welcome. Thanks, Chloe. I'm glad to be here. It's so great to see you. So great to see you. I'm looking forward to seeing you in real life because we live in the same neighborhood and we're going to do a hug, but not today. You are the managing partner, Quebec Region, and co-lead of international and business strategy at McCarthy Tetro. You and I met at McCarthy Tetro 100 years ago. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We were babies. We were babies, exactly. And today we're talking about a topic, and I love the angle. I really love your angle because we talk about this, and this is diversity and inclusion. We talk about it a lot these days, and thank God we do. But your angle is, is a bit different because what you're saying is it's not only the right thing to do, it's the right economic thing to do. It's really the profitable way forward. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, like to me, you know, it is the, the business case, the business case is pretty clear on diversity and inclusion. And, uh, and, you know, although, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to reduce in any way sort of the social objective of it. I think from a business standpoint, you know, the, the business case is clear on, on, on the output of, uh, of diversity. I think you have a, you're really a credible person to talk about that topic because you're both uh, you both come from diversity uh, and you are a businessman, a successful businessman. So you have those two elements are really anchored in yourself. Quickly for those who don't know um, where you come from and how you came about to being here in Canada, could you briefly tell us how you, when and how you came here? Sure. I, you know, I often say I, I was diversity before diversity became a thing. And uh, so I uh, moved to Canada when I was 10 years old, coming from Syria and, uh, um, you know, arrived in Quebec City, uh, which, uh, uh, which is not a city where diversity was even a word. And uh, so arriving there uh, in an environment where uh, not only it's a bit colder than Syria, but, you know, I couldn't really speak, could get by with a few words of French, but no speak, couldn't speak English. And obviously having 
no real roots to to hang on to you know that that has has been quite an experience for me and has i think you know pretty much determined and continues to to influence who i am today not only as a leader but as a person and that didn't stop you from having such an amazing i'll say international career you you anchored or it shaped who you were as a contributor and as a leader so you went to dubai london absolutely it's it's actually quite funny because you know you 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 you'd sometimes think that you know when when families immigrate is because you're looking for more stability but uh, my my professional life took me uh, the other direction and i've uh, i've spent you know quite quite a lot of my professional career being abroad and uh, but that has also meant that you know diversity was pretty much part of my daily life it was it was it was a normal it was a second nature thing to do whether in london or dubai that are two very multicultural very diverse very expat oriented cities uh, you know seldom you would sit around a meeting table where you'd have two people coming from the same country or having the same cultural background or having the similar views and uh, so that sort of being into that uh, basin of diversity was was actually something that i was doing without really thinking about it and your message on diversity is let's not make it a checklist let's assure that we actually benefit from diversity and that we um we truly benefit from from the 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 competencies and the knowledge and so forth say more about that i mean i i think you you say it very well chloe in your book you say you know that diversity is a way to derive and and i'm not you know not quoting you on that but a way to derive collective intelligence i think that's how you put it uh, in in the book and i think i think that you know that that encapsulates sort of what 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 it is you know i often talk about uh you know uh darwin and the the laws of nature right and we know that by uh, you know by by mixing you know a uh, different species is really how you know we evolve better we evolve stronger we evolve taller and and uh, you know if you know if we keep uh, you know sort of our areas of in- interconnections very narrow we know that the species go to extinction and i think that you know this also applies in the business world when we're trying to tap into collective intelligence when we're trying to increase creativity when we're trying to uh, maximize uh, the output of uh, the collective brains and uh, having having access to a diverse talent pool is key amongst those uh, those requirements i also mentioned in the book that a leader is a conductor because your job as a leader is actually to bring in all of of your people's contribution so that you create that collective intelligence as you mentioned so how can you as a leader of a diverse team be the best conductor possible how is it um feasible and what are the tips maybe to do that it's a very interesting analogy uh, chloe to talk about the conductor because um you know i would say a bit like a leader a conductor can't play 
you know, you, you can't do what the orchestra is doing. You need the orchestra. They're the, the, you know, you can certainly influence. You set the tone. You choose the partition. You know where the orchestra is going. But ultimately, you know, you, you, you need, not only you need to inspire the, each and every one of the orchestra to play at their best, but you also have, and this is some, this is an area where you have some influence. You need to select the best combination and the best talent and make the appropriate changes to be able to constantly improve that orchestra and improve your team as a leader. And obviously, when you think about that, you know, having access to a talent pool that is large, well, you're going to have an edge on someone else without access to a very narrow talent pool. And the best way to increase that talent pool is to reflect the real society in which we live, which is a diverse society, and be able to have a, access to that diverse talent. And in a way, you know, diversity and inclusion is, is also that. You know, it, it allows us to, to remove all the filters and all the blur that basically comes in the way between talent and our perception of talent. And today we call it unconscious bias. Today we call it, um, uh, uh, you know, judgment and preconceptions. But, but, you know, effectively, you know, good diversity and inclusion policies are meant to remove, remove barriers so that you can access the talent, you can access what I call the heart and the mind of your best talent. I love what you just said, because I think that noise, that unconscious bias is actually um, creating a, re a false reality of what we believe is, is true about the other person or about a situation. And what you're saying is actually when we focus on diversity, we remove those unbiased or we diminish them. Let's, let's, let's be realistic. We diminish them in order to create an even better reality composed of everybody's contribution. Did, did I hear this right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I call it removing the blur, right? Removing the filters that, 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 you know, that, that are blurring your, 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 your vision. So you, you, you have, in, in anything, right? I mean, if, if every day you eat the same food and you've never seen anything else, right? Uh, all of a sudden, if you discover something else, you know, well, all of a sudden you know that there's something else available. You've improved, you know, your your range of what's available for you and probably improved your diet in, a, in, in the same way. Well, it applies in all sorts of areas. I give sports as an example. You know, you take worldly sports, take soccer, for instance, where you know you look at the best teams, the best professional teams. Well, out of 11 players, there's probably 11 different nationalities, 11 different backgrounds, 11 different stories. If they compete against a team that only has one nationality, one uh, one you know that that come from a narrower talent pool, they have no chance. And in business, you know when you're competing with your talent. You want to be able to have access to the best talent. And diversity is a key tool that allows you to, uh, diversity and inclusion is a key tool that allows you to actually not only have access, retain and promote that talent.
They create models for people that you would have not seen in the market, for example, had they not had those models. Uh, we talk about the vice presidents of the United States, for example. You know, we would have not seen a woman, black or Indian woman, as a as a VP, uh, vice president of of the United States. Now it's possible. Now we can imagine uh, for a woman to become the president of, of the states, the United States. So these are all models that make it possible for all of us to see ourselves succeeding in different areas where we would have not thought about that. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's no doubt that having models uh, will, will, uh, will, will be a, uh, an enabler uh, will again remove barriers. Will uh, will will you know will 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 encourage people that would not have raised their hands to raise their hand that thought would not be able to contribute to contribute. Will be uh, so to me those role models are essential in the sense that they are uh, they they are real enablers, right? But uh, but ultimately. You know, th those are those are figureheads, right? They need to be followed by real actions across the board, right? I mean, you know, I often say, you know, uh, you know, Margaret Thatcher was prime minister of the United Kingdom you know, 40 years ago. So, you know, but but what has been done after that to follow on this, to walk in the footsteps, you know? So we can wait for models, but we can also... Uh, uh, you know, have it, uh, you know, have more of a grassroots uh, initiatives. And when businesses, and that's why I'm quite pleased when I see that today DNI, as we call it, is a thing. Well, it's because, you know, it is becoming a thing beyond the models, beyond, you know, waiting for the next president to be so and so and categorizing people by being so-and-so, but really making it, you know, ultimately what we want. I often say to, uh, to our um, uh, chief diversity officer, you know, ultimately, ultimately, the measure of success is when that position becomes irrelevant, right? So, but <laughs> uh, well, we, we know it's probably not going to happen, but, 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 but that's really ultimately what we want, right? We want this to become a Normal thing, the the good thing to do, the business sense, the the, the 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 right thing to do, not only from a social but also from an economic and from a business standpoint. So there you go. The call to action has been made. Right. <laughs> Leaders listening. Uh, three last questions on on you uh, now. Uh, what's been your biggest challenge as a leader over the past few years? I mean, without a doubt, it's been COVID nineteen and uh, COVID nineteen. Not, 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 not in the whole sort of you know duration of COVID nineteen, but really when it hit, hit. So you know, and and I think exactly a year uh, ago, oh, you know, I was coming back from spring break, uh, where uh, and and uh, uh, you know we uh, I had I had a few calls when I was on holiday. And we could see things starting to move, but then things started unraveling very, very fast. And uh, to me, there was a, you know, there was a clear sense of, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the carpet is being 
pulled under my feet. Couldn't really know what's going on. We're making some pretty bleak scenarios from a business standpoint. It's one thing to make bleak scenarios and having contingency. It's it's a different thing when you make bleak scenarios and the outcome is actually pretty bad. You know, you wanna you wanna make sure that you know you're trying to see clear, but with very few precedents or tools to rely on. And what did you rely on? I think two pillars that were very helpful were rely on values. And uh, so on the management team, we talked a lot about values. Oddly enough, you know, in, in our in our 15-hour Zoom sessions that we were holding, uh, we talked a lot about values. We talked a lot about strategy. We talked a lot about staying the course and believing in what we're doing. And, uh, you know, today, sitting there almost a year after, looking at how things unfolded, it's easy to say, well, yeah, guess what? We were right. But I can tell you that sitting in, <laughs> sitting around those screens at the time, you know, it wasn't 100% clear. You had to dig pretty deep, believe fundamentally in what you stand for, believe fundamentally into what you're, who you are, not only as a business, but as human beings, and, uh, and, and let that drive your, your action because that was pretty much the, the only thing that you can rely on that was solid and that you, that was a known quantity. And would you say it shaped who you became as a leader? Yeah, I think absolutely it shaped who I became as a leader. It aged the leader the, <laughs> that I am for sure. Uh, but, uh, but it also shaped who I am in terms of, well, first of all, it puts a lot of things in perspective. You know, uh, you know there's very few events that can happen that could be so disruptive to a business or to the prospects of business, right? And I'm not talking about hindsight. Like I'm, talking, I'm talking about put yourself in, in, in March of 2020, right? You couldn't think of anything else, right? And um, so, so, so I, I think the way I would react to other events and, you know, I would give the world for no other, for, for that experience not to be tested again, to be quite frank, but uh, but but I think that you know I the fundamental belief in values, the fundamental belief in sort of digging deep into who you are and knowing that you're doing the right thing, uh, it is something that's probably going to stay with me f- forever and taint every decision I make as a leader. And this is so powerful because we we could sense we can sense as you're speaking that the. the- depth of that impact on you. And I can only imagine the impact on your team and and most probably on the clients that you serve. So um, my guess is that we're, we're a better society because of those value that we created. If I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that's probably a better society from a value standpoint that we're living in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you know, better society Mind you, you know we're you know we're running a business, right? So uh, at the end of the day, you know we we're making decisions 
that are in the best interest of the business. And to me, those are not contradictory things. I think staying true to your values as a business uh, is, is actually a pretty good business decision because it gives you, um, it, it, it gives you a, a clear line in terms of where you're going. It gives you a clear anchor in, uh, in terms of the types of decisions that you're taking. And it also, very importantly, it helps how you communicate those decisions and how you get buy-in from your people into those decisions. Because, you know, if everyone is not, and to take your analogy of music, if we're not all singing from that same hymn, same hymn sheet, you know, it, it can be very disrupting and very difficult to go through a crisis such as COVID-19. So, you know, it all ties together. It may all sound very philosophical, but unfortunately, when you are hit with something like that, you know, philosophy is probably one of the one of the things that's left, right? When one of the sure thing. <laughs> one of the sure things that you have, absolutely. Oh, Cal, I would, I could go on. Uh, I'm so excited for this conversation. I look forward to, uh, as, as I said, seeing you face to face. Really, I look forward to that. Give the kisses to the misses, and um, looking forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Chloe. Bye bye. So I hope you enjoy that conversation with Cal as much as I did because it really talks to me about the winning conditions that as a leader we create. I, I showed you the model on my in my book, uh, the 5C model, and I'm actually looking for it uh, quickly because I want to show you that this conversation for me is all about how you create the winning conditions. And, and most specifically, if you go to page 88 of my book about trust, how do you build trust? But there's different levels of trust. And you know this, obviously. There's just a trust that, yeah, and, yeah we're all there and, and we're part of a team and I trust you. And then there's the collaboration. I know that we can collaborate. And then there's team trust, where I know I can tell you what I think, what I agree upon, what I don't agree on, and we can agree to disagree, but it's not personal. It's actually, we know it's for the better good of the team. I'm authentic. I'm vulnerable. I can ask for help. That's the trust we want to create as leaders. And so whether your team is diverse or not, that's the goal you want to achieve as a leader. And there's different ways to doing that. But one really strong way is to call upon the collective intelligence of the team to make sure that everyone has a voice, that everyone can express their opinion and bring the, the team further. I'm not talking about expressing your opinion just to express your opinion, but to further the team efficiency, further the team contribution. And you as a leader, as the conductor of that team, as we talked with Cal about, this is your role to create the winning conditions for everybody to be part of that team fully and completely so we can hear the collective intelligence and go further. How are you doing that on your team? How are you making sure that your team, every member of it has a voice so that your team can go further and be more innovative, be more engaged and have a better contribution? 
That's my question to you. But in the meantime, as you think about that, as you read the book and you reflect upon those questions, I invite you to be inspiring and inspired as always. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Empower Your Team podcast. Now it's time to take action. Join the leaders who are already part of the Empower Your Team movement and visit our website at empoweryourteam.com to know more on how to participate. Thank you.